Robertson. And then Ronaldo! Oh! What a goal by Cristiano Ronaldo! Messi to the near post! Messi to the net! Mamma mia! Ronaldo Kionko now. Here's a Honduran. He'll whip it in back to the far post. Elise! Albert Elise! La Pantarita! It's a Honduran connection! This is Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm. DaspitLaw.com. Here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome into Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas, as always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Um, again, DaspitLawAustin.com. You give them a call at 512-865-6710. They are bilingual. It's DaspitLawAustin.com, personal injury attorneys. Okay, we stream at HornFM.com. Your humble host, Glenn Davis here. Really looking forward to getting this show off and running here tonight for the Austin Market. Podcast of this show, always available at hornfm.com. And you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram, at Soccer Matters Judy. By the way, we are doing uh, and expanding a, a bit here. We're going to be uh, a lot more consistent on TikTok. You can follow us there, at Soccer Matters. And if you have not already followed us on Instagram and Twitter, it's at Soccer Matters GD. So uh, get a lot of good content uh, at all these places uh, about the Austin market, the Houston market, Major League Soccer, national, international. Uh, it is all there. I got a couple of really good guests here tonight uh, on the show. Juan Carlos Amoros is the head coach of the Houston Dash. Now, the reason I'm bringing Juan Carlos on this show tonight is because we know there is a great movement to bring NWSL uh, to Austin. And we have our friends uh, NWSL to Austin. So that one's for you. You get to speak to a 38-year-old Spanish coach. You'll hear him tonight in my interview, uh, who has really gotten the Houston Dash on track. They've never made the playoffs before. Uh, they're investing more. They have a team president now. They have a general manager. So there's a lot of things changing there. But wow, wouldn't it be nice to have an NWSL rivalry uh, in the state of Texas? That would that would be pretty cool. So people would be traveling back and forth. Certainly could lift uh, the Houston brand. The Houston brand right now does not draw well. Uh, that's a fact. And I have a lot of reasons why I think that's happening, uh, but they have a very good team an entertaining team. I've called a couple of games uh, recently for them on local TV, and they have been uh, very exciting games. Again, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at soccer matters. GD would really appreciate that. Austin FC has now lost four out of five. Now for you, is this a time of concern? I think you have to be yes. Based on major league soccer. Um, I think you should also be confident with your coaching staff and Josh Wolf. Is it a time to panic? Of course not. Has it been an exceptional season for Austin FC? Of course it has. It's been an exceptional season for Josh Wolf and his staff and players. Yes, we all know the off-field uh, environment, the relevancy in the market, the crowds at Q2. It's all amazing as always. But let's talk about the competitive side of things. All, all we do know, and as you know, your season and body of work, it can, it can be lost in the blink of an eye in Major League Soccer. And you've heard me talk about this repeatedly. I sound like a broken record here. But your body of work during the season can be lost, can be forgotten very quickly due to that thing called the playoff system, where the second season is more valued based on 
winning the MLS Cup. That's the priority in this league. MLS is a playoff league. That's why very few teams have been eliminated up to this point with three or with four games or so to go, right? You know they're teams that aren't making the playoffs, but mathematically they have not been eliminated. And like I've mentioned many times before, all you have to do is look at the great consistent seasons of the New England Revolution last year under Bruce Arena and the Colorado Rapids under Robin Frazier. And then you realize, oh, they got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. The way you enter the playoffs, and by the way you enter the playoffs, I mean, and I've said this repeatedly on the show, weeks back, how fascinating it was going to be to see how Austin FC enters the playoffs. What little tip-offs do we have? They're going to ultimately get that playoff spot, probably happen this weekend. The ability to come up with solutions, though, to challenges at this time of the year, whether it's injury, loss of form, fatigue, workload. It's all dependent on great staffs and problem solving. It's all dependent on the depth of your roster. It's all dependent a little bit on things out of your control, like fate, officiating. One bad call, you could be out of the playoffs. Good fortune. You need a little bit of that. Bad call and you're gone. You have an off day at the wrong time in a playoff setup. You're done. That's the beauty of it. So is this period of matches simply about just a bit of a down period now for Austin FC having lost four, four out of five? Is that just a down period that every club should expect during the season? Because everybody does. Take LAFC. They're never going to want to come back to the state of Texas. They got hammered by the Houston Dynamo. They got hammered by Austin FC. They got, they got uh, beaten by FC Dallas. Now, I wouldn't say they were hammered by Houston, but they were beaten by them. Verde thumped them. And now they're struggling with the results. And they have some of the same questions maybe right now that Austin FC has. And those two teams have been, to me, the standard bearer of aesthetics, good soccer, and getting results this year. And they're both in really, really interesting areas with their fan bases right now because there are questions. Now, Josh Wolf and those guys, I'm sure they're pretty confident. I'm sure they have a little bit of concern as well. When you lose four out of five, you have to be concerned. So now Josh Wolf has a first ever challenge as a manager, and that is to get the ship back on course. It did not happen in Seattle. The absence of Sebastian Driussi for the majority of that game was so evident. And we see this a lot in MLS when a key, key player like that, where a team is built around and, and, and built so much about, is not out there. Now, what you were hoping for is others to take the mantle and the responsibility that Driussi sometimes often brings. That wasn't going to be Felipe Martins. He wasn't going to be the playmaker. He was going to be a hardworking midfielder, but it's evident when Driussi's not there, and why wouldn't it be, knowing how important he is to the team? Driussi is out, and others have to come up with plays, with ideas. It's a rough day in midfield in Seattle. How much of that was simply because you 
didn't play Driussi. And by the way, he's not the only star player that hasn't played on the artificial surface. That happens a lot in Seattle. Um, DPs, older players, players coming off an injury. Hector Herrera didn't even travel there for Houston. Um, they don't want to play on artificial service, although Herrera is still out. Um, so others have to come up with the ideas, the playmaking. But that's a guy, gosh, it's, it's, it's hard to really uh, quantify Driussi's impact because he does so many things for this team. It's not just about the plays and the goals and the time of the goals and helping the team recover and win games late. It's his possessions. It's his ideas. It's his work rate. It's his decisions in your defensive third trying to get out of there. Um, you lose all that without him on the field. And everybody knows that. And you hope others step up. So now it becomes a big moment. And it's a mission for Josh Wolf um, to get that home field advantage in the playoffs. FC Dallas is rising, coming off the huge win over LAFC 2-1. to one. By the way, the way they caught LAFC um, on that quick free kick to Jesus Ferreira. I mean, I just love that. Two defenders turn their back to it. Uh, you know, it, it, fantastic. That quick free kick and recognition of quick free kicks, another element of the game that I love, that, that a lot of people don't do. Austin FC does it. LAFC, again, has been beaten by all the tech, Texas teams. Who would have thought that? So the mission for Josh Wolf now is get the ship back on course. That'll start on Wednesday at Q2 Stadium. I'm planning on heading up there and being at that game. So I'm looking forward to seeing all the Verde fans and being a part of that uh, on behalf of Soccer Matters and just taking the game in against very, very desperate Real Salt Lake. Um, the good news, three of your final four games when it comes to Austin FC is at home heading into the postseason. So that's great stuff. But what a ride you've been on this year. Let's hope the, the ship gets righted here heading into the playoffs. And just remember to be able to watch this week in and week out in Austin. It's, it's pretty incredible. It really is pretty incredible. I did see something today, by the way, um, linking Christian Polistic and Weston McKinney to Manchester United. I'm going to need to look into that uh, a little bit more serious. Uh, Chris Bills will also join us on the show tonight, and we'll, we'll talk about some of these same subjects that I just brought up. Uh, we'll go a little deeper on the Seattle game uh, on its own and what happened there. Um, I can tell you, and I will tell you in defense of all center backs, this was not simply about center backs. I know people like to make it about that. It was not. Center backs is, are, are only as good as what's going on in front of them, having been one myself. Uh, at the pro level, I can tell you, you're as only as good as what you have in front of you in a lot of cases. All right, Eastern Conference, Philadelphia, and how about this? Montreal has clinched. They're going to be one of the great stories this year, Montreal. No question. Uh, Red Bulls at 50 points, New York City FC 46, Orlando and Cincinnati at 42. Pat Noonan has them positioned to make the playoffs. Columbus at 41 just blew a game here this past weekend. So you got New England, Inter Miami, and Atlanta. New England's on 38 points. They're still breathing. Bruce Arena and company in Houston tomorrow night to take on the Houston Dynamo. And then you got Inter Miami and Atlanta on six longer shots. Charlotte, Chicago, 
35, TFC 34, TC United 27. Good night, guys. Begin to think about next year. And in fact, really, um, it's kind of deceptive, even if you have 35 points right now and you think you're mathematically in it, even if you have 38 points, it's going to be tough. Very tough. Um, Toronto FC with all the big spend up there. 34 points. The West, LAFC clinched 60 points. Austin FC, 51. That's losing four out of five. FC Dallas is creeping up on Austin FC now, 49 points. Maybe that's the good urgent push Austin FC needs right now. Nashville on 46, Portland 45, Minnesota 44, and Real Salt Lake 43. So you will have a Real Salt Lake coming into this game under Pablo Mastroeni that needs to win. Because right below them are the LA Galaxy who, boy, Chicharito from the penalty spot has killed a number of points for them, four probably, games they should have won. Seattle on 39, streaking after the win. And it's, I mean, they're not mathematically out, but Colorado, Vancouver, not happening. Not going to happen. All right, so that's your your conference standings there. A uh, quick word here now for lamontbrands.com. Now, lamontbrands.com, you get your Soccer Matters t-shirt there. And if they're not up now, there will be a green version for Austin. All the proceeds go to Snowdrop Foundation, a 501c charity that provides scholarships to cancer patients, awareness, fundraising. Um, as always, this show in Austin and also Soccer Matters in Houston, their platforms also for spreading pediatric cancer awareness. That's my charity of choice. So head over to lamontbrands.com. Great guys. They'll handle all your printing needs, but they have at their cost, they print, they ship these t-shirts. They're great quality cotton. Would love to see a few of the green ones uh, or, or whatever color you pick. It doesn't matter. There's five different colors. I would love to see some of those at the Austin FC games and help fire us up. You know, I mean, it's, it's been a long road for me with soccer on the radio and, and getting it on the radio and keeping it there. Um, you know, I, I own these shows um, and it's really on me to, to get it done and, and get them on the air. And we got two great partners here with the horn in Austin, who's a great soccer station and also in Houston on ESPN 97.5. So again, hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on Instagram at soccer matters, Facebook, soccer matters, uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about the host, glendavissoccer.com. Show is always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, daspitlawaustin.com, 512-865-6710, 512-865-6710 is the number. Uh, John and his firm, personal injury attorneys, car accident, boat, motorcycle, they will handle your case. John and his firm, big soccer fans, love the game. And uh, if you're in need of a personal injury attorney, the only one you need to go to in Austin. It's daspitlawaustin.com. I'm looking forward to getting up there Wednesday and going to that uh, Austin FC against Real Salt Lake match. So very, very pumped to get up for that. And then I will stick around the next day and call a uh, Texas Longhorn women's game uh, for Angela Kelly and company on Longhorn Network. So be there for that. And of course, right now, the Longhorns, Coming off a Sunday win, they're 5-1-1 right now. They're only lost to North Carolina. They've beaten Florida. They tied Oregon. They beat Gonzaga. Great comeback win, 3-2 in that one on the road. 
Utah State. That was a game I called two to one, and then they just knocked off UTRGV five nil. They got Texas Southern. They'll be the heavy favorite against them on Thursday night. Then they hit uh, UCF, and then September twenty second. It's where it all begins. The Big Twelve Conference play, and they started off in a big way. I mean, talk about their first two games: Texas Christian University and Texas Tech started off in the Big Twelve for the Longhorns. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue uh, women's soccer talk. We're going to talk to Juan Carlos Amoros uh, of the Houston Dash. He is their new interim coach, technically. He comes from Spain. He has coached Tottenham Hotspur in England. He has coached Real Batiste. Still only 38 years of age. Very energetic guy. You're going to like this interview. Juan Carlos Amoros next here on the Horn in Austin, Texas. Soccer Matters presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. Soccer Matters as we continue on here, always presented by the Daspit Law Firm. It's DaspitLawAustin.com in Austin, Texas, and in Houston, it is DaspitLaw.com. Big thank you to our presenting sponsor, and a big thank you to the head coach of the Houston Dash, Juan Carlos Amoros, as he joins us now. And Juan Carlos, let's just quickly go into last night, the 1-1 draw. I know you've targeted four points, three games to go. Uh, you get the better chances in this one. Let's get some initial thoughts from you on the game. Yeah, well, I thought uh, the game plan and the players executed really well. The games had, as we've said before, won and lost in, in the boxes. I think definitely created enough to 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 score some more goals and and the goal and the way we conceded it. I think they get start the run offside and we do a terrible mistake at the back and. And then we drew one, one, one of those one of those days, but uh, I still happy because as a coach, you look at the overall performance. I think the team did a lot of the stuff that we work on. So we just need to keep pushing. It's not going to be easy. It was a direct opposition. It's another point. So this is the game. Juan Carlos Amoros uh, joining us, head coach of the Houston Dash. You made it very clear, though, before the game that you guys had to be clinical. You had to take your chances. And boy, did you get a lot of chances. Not only did you create your own, but... You know, your pressing game also uh, gave you a lot of very good uh, opportunities to score goals. Yeah, I think it wasn't only the chances. I think we recovered the ball a lot in situations where we could have hurt them a little bit more and certain mistakes didn't allow us to, to capitalize on them. And we knew that the, the transitions were going to be something that we had to have under control. And I think we did. Like, if you look at the, again, at the goal, like... It was something that will hunt us, no? but it's uh, still part of the game. So the team reacted again really well. Players coming off the bench also had their chances. It was just one of those. No? If maybe one of those chances go in at the end, we're talking about a different game. But I think, again, the the you know the heart, the desire, the, the players keep pushing forward, going for a win. I think that's, that's the Houston task that we want to build on. No? 1-1 draw with Angel City FC. And, of course, the Houston Dash looking to make the playoffs for the first time ever under the new Spanish head coach, Juan Carlos Amoros. Okay, did, do you expect people when they come back from international duty maybe not to be hitting all cylinders based on what they went through, whether they play games, whether they just trained? Is that something you expect? 
Yeah, we prepared for that. We prepared the whole week around making sure those players were going to be at their best. Uh, we could see that physically they, they look good, no? especially Sophie, Prince and, and Ebony, who are the players that I studied. And uh, I think that plan worked well. They felt fine. And then so happy on that side of things. And then it's, it was a question of of making sure that we that we could be a bit more clinical we couldn't but the players the players look good you know maria sanchez had a spectacular goal last night off her left foot and you know in many cases people kind of look at her as a distributor are you going to urge her to try and score more goals and 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 attempt you know things from longer range like this with the power and accuracy she has yeah, well, head and Alozi, they went on international duty as well, but they came back like they only went to, to here to the States, so it's always easier. Um, and then regarding Maria, I think that it's a player that we want her to, to trust in her ability to keep growing. She definitely has that, that long-range shot as well on, on her locker. Like yesterday, obviously, we, we prepared a set piece for her to be able to execute maybe a bit farther than what we wanted, but then it was, the, it was over... Funny enough, it was the shot that we took from the longer distance and it was the one that went in. So you never know where the goals are hiding. Uh, he, but when you go players of her ability, you need to give them the platform and you need to give them, you know, that confidence that they can that they can do it. And and now it will be one of those goals that become trending topic and, and stuff because it was it was fantastic. And it's you know, those moments, those wow moments, those details that we want to produce. No? Yeah, it was a spectacular moment for sure. All right. So, you know, through your lens, you've coached at Spurs, you've helped promote a team, uh, you've coached in Spain with Real Batiste. I mean, you're seeing different styles of football, emphasis on different things in different countries. You've called the NWSL the best women's league in the world. Now that you've gotten a few games under your belt and you're here and you're in amongst it, what have you learned personally as a coach? Well, I think it's like, for probably, I think the, the first thing is, how important are transitions here? I think that, uh, you know, there's no many teams that actually dominate possession. There is a lot of transitions, so you have to be ready to execute them well and to defend them well, to be intelligent around around those concepts. I think it's, it's very important. And I think as well is how equal every game is. You know, I think that in Spain, there was always... Oh, in England as well, there are, you know, teams uh, propose you completely different things from one week to another one. But here, because everything is so equal, every team tries to dominate games, every team that, you know, it's never, there's never like a really like a favorite against a, a team that is at the bottom. So that makes the, the games really even and, and it's a different way of preparation. No? Like you could see this week, I think Washington was like the second bottom beat the team that is top of the table that in, in Spain or in England, where I come from, is it, it's impossible. It just doesn't happen. Like they don't, those top teams, they won't, they won't lose against the, the second bottom in the league. No, that, I think that is something that as a coach is exciting because, you know, you can it keeps you on your toes and it keeps you motivated every every week so really enjoying that side of things is that because of the inequality of investment in places like spain and england sorry is is that because of the inequality of investment in teams like the bigger teams are putting money into the women's game and maybe a lot of teams are not 
Yeah, I think that in there, there is a there is a massive difference between budgets. There is a massive difference, not only the budget and, and the quality of the players you have, but what the resources the clubs put into the players. I think things like even the way of traveling, the facilities, what the the support, the staff they go around them. You know, I mean, like when you give the players the best platform to to succeed, they're gonna reach a different level. So on top of that, if you got the best players and you give them the best platform and another team. And straight away don't have the best players and then you don't give them the best platform then your chances are even lower no? so i think that that here is is very even obviously there are some teams with some little bit better roster there are some teams with a little bit of a weaker roster but it's really definitely definitely really even so so yeah really i really enjoy that side of things and i think the fans do do enjoy that as well Juan Carlos Zamoros, he's the head coach of the Houston Dash, looking for their first ever playoff appearance. Last night, uh, a 1-1 draw with Angel City. Now, let's go back to the transition game because that's that's interesting, and and, and I like that you say that because it is very evident and, and clear. Um, does that mean you have to coach the team differently? And obviously, that's an area of the game you have to look at a little bit more over here in the NWSL, right, as opposed yeah. to, to Spain or England. Yeah, obviously you always coach those things. It's just that here is they happen so often that you need to make sure that your team is is ready and knows how to behave on those even more. Um, uh, so in terms of the offensive, is how we can exploit those uh, with the spaces attacking different channels, but especially. Uh, being a team that I believe that regaining the ball as close to the box is, is effective, then you need to work a lot in what happens when you don't do it. Be intelligent with your, with your fouls, probably something that we didn't do really well yesterday. But then the positioning of the goalkeeper, the, how you manage the back line, I think all those points are, are very important. And I think there are things that we can see in our team uh, growing, I think. The guys are managing the line fantastically well, as I said before. Like obviously yesterday was that that mistake, but the girl that actually makes the run she's offside like at the beginning of it because Kate is, you know, like managing that line really well, but there is no VAR, so you just need to get on with things. And and yeah, it's it's an interesting side of things as a coach, definitely. Juan Carlos Zamoros joining us here on Soccer Matters, uh, presented by Daspit Law. Okay. I look at this league and I say, we're not doing enough to star build the players. These are world-class athletes. They've won gold medals. They've won world cups. I mean, I'm looking at your roster. You've got international caliber players that have done amazing things that are at the top of the soccer world. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think we do enough in this league to promote them as footballers, as players that can accomplish the nuances of the game. And I mean, simply watching Maria Sanchez like last night was five-star entertainment, right? Taking people on. This is what we love. Yeah. That's, and that's what I do. What I do you know, like, I think that, you know, the coaches maybe have a different approach. I will play my players to be able to express themselves, to go one by one to, you know, to play that kind of exciting football that I believe. Like a true that. Spaniard, right? Yeah. Like a true Spaniard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what that's what I believe. Like that's what I like as a fan, you know. And at, at the same time, I think it's a way to win that we can, that you can exploit, that you can win in football. You can see through history, you can win in a lot of with a lot of approaches to the game. I just enjoy like that. My team is a team that whatever win or lose is exciting, and I believe that if we do it well, we can be winners and we can be exciting. You know, I think that that's the that's the key. Uh, I have to say that yeah, maybe we, we don't do enough. But there is a lot of people pushing, uh, and and it's growing. I think the league, but especially you know, at this time, the Houston that is really 
he's really pushing. I think maybe having more teams in the league, having more people being able to to approach that, those, you know, having that, that contact with, you know, those at the end of the day, they are, um, how I would say, like symbols of, of people to look up, you know, the players to for young male and female players that, that want to become professionals. So I think that having more of those, more of those, people around and, and having more exposed and, and, and the more you exposed and the more it's growing. And, but I think to be honest, like, I think the US is, is probably at the, at the head of it. Is that enough? You know, maybe that's a question that we need to all look at ourselves. And there's a lot of people pu pushing behind the scenes to make sure that, that it is enough. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm really happy with how we approach it here, but there is always room for improvement. Juan Carlos Zamoros, head coach of the Houston Dash. We're talking NWSL now. I'm really hoping that Austin or Dallas will get a team here so that there can be a local rival for the Houston Dash, which I think could rise two franchises, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that would be, that would be fantastic. You know, I think the more teams that there are in the league, the better, the more close rivalries, the more fans are going to be involved, the more exciting the game is going to be. So I think that that or Dallas or Austin create a, a franchise it will be it will be brilliant it will be brilliant for the state of Texas it will be brilliant for the soccer here and, and it will be brilliant for the league because that's something that maybe we are, we are missing that compared to Europe where I was really used to you know like Spurs and Arsenal Betis and Seville those were games that oh my god it was like a different story and I think having down on the women's side it will be definitely very very exciting all right, last one before I let you go, and this is probably a long, longer answer, maybe not. So you got a new GM, Alex Singer. I had an opportunity to meet her last night, the wonderful person. Really looking forward to seeing her contributions. The future of player development for, for women in this country, do you think it'll follow the major league soccer model and younger players will begin to get signed to full-time contracts at some point? Is there enough finances for that or is that way out? Mm, my opinion is I think it will happen. Uh, it is, you know, like young players coming into the league at the age they are coming in, 22, 23, I think it's too late for their development. Uh, the, yeah, the college scheme, don't get me wrong, is fantastic, but you don't learn the same competing against uh, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, um, Sophie Schmidt, that what you do at college level. You know, like uh, I think that that experiences for four or five years and knowing the highs and lows of the of professional soccer is something that it really push you. I think that in there, there has to be probably a lot of restructures, you know, like young, young academies in the, in the clubs, uh, has to be like a restructure of the competition, maybe on the, on the second tier, you know, what is in the MLS, is the MLS next pro, all that stuff, you know, I think that, that will, that will be something that maybe will happen, but the system of colleges so far is, it is fantastic. It's produced some of the best players, the, the resources and, and what they have is, is, is brilliant. I just think that they are missing that competition against like senior players and they are missing games. I think the season is too short. Uh, you can't play only for three months and stop them playing for a little bit, you know, like you need to play consistently through the year to get the maximum of it. So, I don't know, let's see, let's see where it all unveils. It's, it's an ongoing process, a very exciting one with a lot of people and involved and especially with a lot of talent. So 
let's see what the decisions that are made and, uh, and we will see because definitely the talent that is in the US is, is probably the best in the world because of the amount of people and the amount of women that, that play here and how big the sport is or something definitely to, to, to stay at the front in, in the world how it's been the last few years. So. Juan Carlos, you've made a big impact on this team very quickly. Um, but you also must feel like you've got a really high ceiling of possibility. That's got to be incredibly exciting. Yeah, like, I think that for me, it's not only about the present, it's about the future and it's about the legacy. Uh, talk about that on, on my first few days. Uh, I really hope to be here for a long time because I really believe this project is going to be a winner. But at the same time, I want, when I leave, whenever I leave, is I want to leave a, a big legacy. And I think this is the club that is going in the direction I, I want it to be in. Uh, the, the passion, the, as you mentioned, Alex, Jessica, really pushing Ted, the owner. Like everyone is really, really behind the scenes, doing a lot of work to make sure that we make the Houston that's the best it can be. At the moment, we are, as you said, in that position. We want to make the playoffs for the first time, but the ambition is even bigger than that. So, yeah, it has to be one on, on the grass, as I normally say, and we can do everything off it to make sure that, that everyone is as ready as possible to, to achieve those targets. So. Last one before I let you go. I know you got a very busy day. Why women's football over men's football? Well, for me, I don't see like that. I see like football, just my career is just take me just take me into the women's side of things. I really enjoy it. The last 11, 12 seasons, uh, for me, they are professional athletes at the, at the highest level. I've worked with, with men as well, especially with, with the Spurs and, and some clubs before. And I think uh, the real equality will come when we don't talk anymore about women's soccer or men's soccer. We just talk about soccer. You know, I think that's, that's the key. Obviously, it's different, but it's the same that it's different when it's, uh, you know, Spanish people or people from Belgium or, or younger, older. Like, it's the sport. And then it's giving the players the best platform, the staff the best platform to, for the fans to enjoy it. And it, it, for me, it doesn't matter really the sex that, that you coach or the sex that you that plays. It's, it's the game I love and it's the... And this is my passion, so I really, I really enjoy doing it, whatever, whatever sex the players are. So not really a preference on one or the other. Juan, thank you so much. Juan Carlos Amoros, uh, best of luck in your continued three more matches in the NWSL. Get the Houston Dash into the playoffs. And we thank you, as always, for your time and your enlightenment. Thank you very much, Glenn. My pleasure to be, to be with you, like always. And let's, let's hope we really make those playoffs. We'll do it again real soon. He's Juan Carlos Amoros. He's the head coach of the Houston Dash, brought to you by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com and DaspitLaw.com. Final segment tonight here on the Horn at Austin, Texas. Uh, it is DaspitLawAustin.com. Give them a call, 512-865-6710. There are presenting sponsors, Jonathan's Firm, personal injury attorneys. They'll take your case. Um, big fan of soccer. Uh, gets our show on the air in both Houston and Austin. So a big thank you to DaspitLawAustin.com. And a big thank you to our next guest. He is with TheStriker.com. You know him as Chris Bills. He joins us now. Chris, how are you? I'm good, Glenn. Uh, you know, just soaking up some early morning vibes here in uh, in Seattle. So it's uh, life could be worse. 
All right. Striker.com. Uh, Chris is doing a great job covering uh, Austin FC. So, well, let's get into this one. Initial thoughts, Seattle 3-0 at Lumen Field. Um, the worry here is it's three losses in a row now for Austin FC. Eight goals conceded in those three losses. Um, two in a row on the road at 3-0. Three straight road losses. Uh, worst run of results this year. The way this league goes, and you know it as well as I do, a lot of this is about timing. How concerned are you? Yeah, I mean, I think moderately concerned, uh, at least. I think that Austin FC and Josh Wolf, I think, thought, thought uh, put, it, put it nicely. They, they seem to have lost their edge. I think they had, they came into the season so hungry, uh, wanting to prove that last year was was sort of a fluke and that they had, you know, put all the pieces in place. And they rode that, that wave for, for so long, um, you know, building points. And now they're in a position where, I mean, they have the privilege of being in second place. And, uh, you know, while they still haven't clinched a playoff spot uh, officially, I think that they should be safely above that line. And the teams below them are, are fighting. They're desperate. You know, Seattle Sounders uh, is a perfect example of that. Seattle's trying to not make, they're trying to uh, make, not miss the playoffs uh, for the first time in its history. And um, Austin FC came in, just kind of seemed like they were there to play another game against, uh, you know, ninth place team in the West and the Sounders showed up, you know, <laughs> the, the, the yeah. champions league Seattle Sounders. And so I think they're at this weird point where they've got to flip into playoff mode. And for whatever reason, it's taking them, you know, a few weeks to get there. Uh, and it's yet to be seen whether they'll actually uh, get there. The good thing is, I mean, we've seen what they can do at their best. They beat LAFC 4-1 and that was, you know, that was only a couple of weeks ago, Glenn. It just doesn't feel like it. Yeah, bizarrely strange because that was such a marquee win. Uh, that was the marquee game of the year, but it's been sandwiched around, you know, four losses in, in, in five games. And yes, moderately concerned. Um, on the other hand, it is a little bit of a nervous tension because we have seen how quickly MLS can punish you, especially with a playoff system. So yeah. dip in form coming now, um, reclaiming it is going to be the key. This is where I think Josh Wolf also is really going to have for the first time this year, uh, uh, you know, uh, another big opportunity here to manage this team, rebuild the confidence and get them back to where they belong. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's the key word is confidence, because I think that, you know, they, I think they're a victim of, of, they might be a victim of their own confidence at this point. I think it's safe to say it's because, you know, they, they got so, I think they, they maybe got a little bit too high after the LAFC win thinking that, okay, we've, we've made it a little bit. This is, this is sort of, you know, staking the claim that this is an MLS cup contender. And uh, then they, you know, they go and play, face Portland and Nashville and Seattle and these teams that are, that are desperate to get into the playoffs and, you know, you kind of lose that edge because those teams, they need to win. Austin FC doesn't need to win. They, they, you know, they just, they would like to win or they, you know, are ready for the playoffs and the playoffs aren't here yet. It's, it's a weird kind of mental space this team finds itself in. And they, I think they've sort of lost track of the, the game by game mentality that they were so locked into for, you know, you know, we, we kind of forget that this is a seven, seven, eight months into this thing. Uh, and that, that's probably playing a factor too, is uh, that, you know, just the, the length of the season, the fact that Sebastian Drusi was out last night with a, you know, minor knee injury kind of protecting him a little bit. 
you know, these things accumulate over a season and they've got to find a way to get it right uh, and get it right quick because they got two more matches this week. Chris Bill, striker.com. You know, it's funny because uh, Houston was just out there and Hector Herrera didn't play and hasn't been, he's injured, but I don't think he would have played anyway on the artificial surface with the world cup in Mexico in front of him. And, and, Right. Over the years, you do see a lot of these MLS teams resting guys on the fake stuff. And I don't I don't blame them. Um, I don't blame them when you go to places like New England uh, and Seattle. All right. So it's a dip in form. It's a dip in results. Um, I get what you're saying. Mental, physical, um, lost the edge a little bit. Um, but it isn't just one or two games. It's now four losses and five. Right. Uh, conceding a lot of goals, which gives us a lot of bad flashbacks to last year and the struggle in transition when the ball was lost. Um, if we look at this and we dive down deeper into playing style, physical <clears throat> output, mental output that Josh Wolf puts on this team, is there any thought in your mind of, you know, this aggressive running style pressing, you're always hyped up at home that, that there has been, yeah, maybe this is a team that's fatigued. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's certainly a case to be made as far as fatigue goes, just because, and, you know, the playing style is one thing. I think that, you know, Josh Wolf relied on the same same 11 for, I think, six straight games at one point, and uh, they kind of mixed it up uh, last week going to uh, Nashville, um, you know, but it's still been, by and large, the same, the same group that, uh, you know, has gotten the heavy load and gotten the heavy minutes. And I do think you're starting to see a little bit of that, little bit of that wear and tear. The good thing is, you know, if that is the case, if that's the big problem, yeah, you've got to get through these two matches. Um, luckily, they're both at home, Real Salt Lake, Nashville, Wednesday and Saturday. And then you've got almost two weeks off. So if that's the issue, I think that, you know, you feel a little bit better knowing that you're going to get this international break to get, get the legs right, to get those guys firing. The thing is, you've got to find some momentum, I think. You've got with four games left, three of them are at home. This is a good chance to, um, you know, whatever's happened over the last month, you know, put it behind you and, uh, you know, go into the playoffs strong. And I think that they're going to need to do that. Otherwise, the conversation around Austin FC is going to be, oh, boy, they just, you know, they let Dallas take the number two seed and they've, they've got no momentum whatsoever. And the the tenor around that that first home playoff game is going to be a lot different than than it could have been or that, you know, you might say it should have been. Well, you're not lying. It's the way you enter the playoffs from a confidence standpoint. And, you know, and that obviously in Austin is going to go right on down to the fan base. Um, workload, it is tricky. I get it. I think you make a great point about establishing, reestablishing yourself in these next two games with Salt Lake and Nashville. And then you finish with Vancouver and Colorado. Four games to go. Um, Workload, you know, we know all the teams in Major League Soccer do data on that. A lot of times starting lineups may be picked because of that or resting people because of that. Uh, That's obviously something everybody's been doing in MLS. But on the other hand, when your team doesn't perform well in the absence of some, that's a concern too. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the thing is that uh, last night I I not – in, on Saturday night in Seattle, I'm not sure that, that Josh Wolf got the calculation right. Uh, Sebastian Drusi's out, and all of a sudden now Felipe Martins is coming in, and and you know Felipe, 
has been a good player in this league for a long time, but expecting him to fill the shoes of Sebastian Drussi to press high in that 4-4-2, you know, to play make in the midfield, I, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't quite up to it. I don't know that that's like necessarily his fault. I think that, you know, Austin needs to find a different, different pitch to throw. If that's the case, if Sebastian Drussi is going to be missing for a night, I think trying to run that 4-3-3, trying to send Felipe high to press with Maxi Ruti, that's kind of asking for danger coming the other way. Um, and so to your point, yeah, finding, you know, guys to replace the guys that are missing, I think depth is starting to sort of show its head a little bit that Austin FC is maybe not quite as deep as some of these other teams. And, uh, you know, I don't think that that's like a crazy thing to say two years into their existence, but also, you know, they've brought in these pieces, Washington Caruso and, and Emiliano Ragoni, and neither of them are really featuring for heavy minutes yet. And you look at the, the calendar and you say, whoa, boy, you've only got four games to get these guys worked in. Are they going to play a factor at all in a potential playoff run? Because I think you're going to need, uh, certainly Emiliano Ragoni, I think, is going to be needed if you're going to make a deep run. And so, yeah, I think that's another thing to watch for over these next four games is how they balance trying to get this core group back up to speed while also getting, you know, Emiliano Ragoni worked in and, and making a final decision on whether Washington Caruso can play a factor or not. That's a really, really good point. Those two guys are going to need to contribute. They were bought here not to contribute next year, but to contribute to the playoff push and, and doing things in the playoffs. So I, I think that's a tremendous point uh, that you do bring up. And, and look, I think we also know how delicate MLS is. I mean, especially with Sebastian Driussi. I mean, teams that, you know, you know they lose him or, or Emmanuel Reynoso goes down in Minnesota. You got big problems in this league. Um, I don't think there's any question. All right, let's go to this Seattle game, 12th minute. Now, the opening goal in this game, prior to this, Austin FC had some good spell of possession. They had some good chances. I mean, pretty quickly uh, right before this. I honestly thought the midfield was very loose. I know it's easy to you know, to hammer on a back four, but how easily Austin FC was turned and an entire team on these first two goals is chasing back to their own goal. Uh, right. it, you know, it's like it's a jailbreak. The lack of pressure in midfield, John Gallagher was in two minds because he's, because there's not good pressure in front of him. He's, he's maybe trying to jump into things that he shouldn't be and he should be just holding his position. But, you know, you can look at it from two standpoints. A poor midfield in front of the back four, struggling without the ball, or you can just say Jordan Morris torched you. Which uh, which angle do you take? Uh, I think <laughs> that's. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. That was a loaded question. <laughs> that's a bit of a loaded question. I mean, it's two things can be true, right? I think that Austin FC always feels confident they can punish teams. And looking at the Seattle uh, team, the fact that they're there without Jao Paulo, I think that you know they make the calculation and I noticed it, you know, like you're saying in that 12 minute stretch, um, you know, started the match to those two chances that you're talking about. One came off the foot of Alex ring. One came off the foot of Danny Pereira. And I was thinking, Oh boy, like this could be a really good sign or it could be a little bit of a warning sign because these guys are way up the pitch. And that's exactly what happened is that, you know, all of a sudden you've got guys on an Island. And the thing I don't really understand is you've got, Raul, Raul Roy Diaz and Nicolodero wide open in, inside the box. That can't happen. It doesn't matter 
uh, you're in position, you've got to have bodies on those two guys. And then on the second goal, um, you know, Ruben Gabrielson let uh, Jordan Morris have his back shoulder like he's just some winger. And Jordan Morris is one of the best wingers in this league, one of the fastest players in this league. I think Ruben Gabrielson got introduced to Jordan Morris real fast last, uh, you know, on, on Saturday night. So I think it's a bit of a lesson learned that, you know, no matter where Seattle's at the table, if those three guys are on the pitch, you got, you got to be head on a swivel. You got to be, you know, playing some of your best, you know, alert defensive soccer. Otherwise you're going to get punished. It doesn't matter where they're at in the standings. And I think that Austin showed up, Austin came to play the ninth place team in the Western conference and the Seattle Sounders showed up is, is what I think happened. Uh, and you know, that's, that's a mental thing. That's a preparation thing. That's all the above. You just got to put it behind you and move on to the next one, because I don't think there's any sense in, in, you know, sort of, it's not going to do you any, any favors to go, you know, having nightmares about Raul Rui Diaz in your sleep. The, the bad thing is that you might've opened the door for them to get that seventh seed and you might be seeing them in, again in a few weeks. Well, that's a momentum builder for them. We're talking to Chris Bill, striker.com, a good, great coverage uh, in Austin from a lot of people, including, I mean, obviously you guys do a great job, but you know, it's just great to see people covering the team. And, and that's, that's a bit of a luxury that not everybody always has. Okay. So I'm going to take you back to the 12th goal and I'm going to defend center backs here a little bit um, for a couple of reasons. One, because I play professionally as a center back and two, I want to defend Gabrielson and Cascante a little bit here. Um, look, what was going on in front of them made it very difficult for them. And, and there's no question, if things are going well, Ruben Gabrielson and Julio Cascante are in the middle where the ball is ultimately going to go. Now, when that penetrating ball is hit, and it looks like a jailbreak, and Everybody on Austin FC is now turned and running back to their own goal, including these two center backs. And they're sprinting, right? When that ball squared back, you have to remember that Nico Ladero and Raul Ruiz Diaz very wisely held their runs up. So to right. be at a full sprint going towards your old goal after you've been penetrated and turned, and then a ball squared back, and these two guys were smart enough to use that momentum of central defenders running back to their own goal to just slow their runs down. And they held their runs up wisely. That's why they're Ladero and that's why they're Rui Diaz. So I want to defend the center backs a, a, a little bit there because when the game's in front of Ruben Gabrielson and Julio Cascante, much like when I played, the game is easier for you. When you're getting yeah. constantly turned with what is in front of you and a lack of pressure on the ball and you're playing a high line at times or a little bit higher line, and they're hitting penetrating passes and you're turning and running to your goal, that's a real sign that you got problems. So I want to give Ladero and Rui Diaz a little bit of credit there for holding up their runs. And again, the goal in the 34th minute, same thing, lack of pressure on the ball in midfield. John Gallagher again sucked out. He was kind of in two minds. And then it's more as uh, to Rui Diaz again. And all you have to do is go look back at where and I'm not just saying you, Chris, I'm just saying for anybody listening, you go back and you look at where that initial pass to penetrate comes from and how much distance there is between a back line now turned and running towards their own goal. It's, it's, it's true transition. Morris can run, as you mentioned. And it's happened too often, uh, you know, over this stretch for Austin FC. They now give it up uh, 23 goals in, in uh, 11 matches. And, you know, to your point, yeah, like I think that, you know, there's certainly 
other areas to look at other than the center backs. What I, what I, what I guess, you know, I'd counter with is just that, you know, you know who's where the danger's at in those moments with Seattle Sounders and they didn't do a good enough, good enough job of putting out the, putting out those fires. Um, you know, when, it, when the jailbreak happens, there's been a lot of moments when they have been able to put out those fires and jailbreaks are going to happen against Austin FC. That's just the way they're set up. Um, I don't know if that, you know, maybe that's the, the biggest problem here, but I also think that, you know, we're at this point in the season, we know, we know who this team is and they don't mind giving up goals, but normally they've got, you know, a guy number, the number seven shirt, who's, who's going to okay. punish the I get that. I want to stop you there, though, because and we're talking to Chris Bills, striker.com. So I want to get your thoughts on this. Can they simply really go on a long run in the playoffs where things change simply by playing the same way? Are they capable of getting pragmatic when they might have to in order to to make a run in the playoffs? Well, I think it's it's getting the performance that they had against LAFC and doing it three or four times in a row is what's going to have, have to happen. And what you saw against LAFC was... Yeah, but Chris, you oh. know that's not going to happen. Generally in the playoffs, you're going to have an off game. It's just like a World Cup. Right. Teams that and win that the World Cup, we can go back to every team that's won a World Cup and go, wow, here, here was their off game, you know? Like, right. unfortunately for the Netherlands, it was in the 74 World Cup final <laughs> against West Germany, and they're still without a World Cup as a great soccer playing nation. But, you know... <laughs> uh, I, I think there are going to be times when you're going to have to win, not playing your best soccer. It's not going to all click like right. the LAFC but, night, which was unbelievable. But if you, but what I'm getting at there is that I think that that was the night, and you know, and you look at everything that happened offensively. That was, you know, that was what sparked it. But if you look and you watch the back line during that match, John Gallagher and Nick Lima are always in the right spots. They're, you know, they're they're being aggressive, yes, but they're staying you know, uh, they're staying in position to, to make plays when the ball does come, come out wide. And, uh, you know, and, and Danny Pereira, I thought I had a, had a good night that night as well. And so it's the discipline to yes, attack, yes, play the way that they're set up to play. Cause if they, if they sit deep, they're in trouble, but when you attack, you've got to also, you know, be, be ready and, and, you know, be in position. And that's the thing that that's the balance that they haven't struck in these last these last three that that's what I'm saying. If they can, you know, pull out that defensive performance against LAFC and replicate that, you know, maybe they don't score four goals, but as long as you're not giving up goals and you're, you're on the front foot with the ball, that's the best defense. Well, that's their best defense. We, we do know that. And you made a very astute point that they do know they're going to concede chances, but you know, there, there are times you're going to have to win, not playing your best. You're going to have time periods or maybe you are going to have to defend a little bit more. And I know they're not built that way, but that's what can cost you in the playoffs. And yep. to your point about positioning, you know, that's a very tough thing. Listen, we have to give these guys a, a lot of credit also, because when you're playing with a highly aggressive team like this, that will commit numbers into attack and is not afraid to defend numbers down or, or, you know, you're pushing your two outside backs high and you're leaving your two center backs home and a holding midfielder you know, positioning, timing, you know, mm -hmm. choices to go out laterally, right or left. I mean, you got to be pretty much perfect a lot of times. So, you know, yeah. this is something to keep an eye on, I think, in, in the playoffs, because it will get different then. It will be. And then that's what we're finding out. I think that's what this team is learning through this stretch. It's better to happen now than a month from now, but they've got to find out 
you know, what's inside them if they can, you know, if they can win ugly because that's what they needed to do against Portland at home. That's what they needed to do at Nashville. That's what they needed to do at Seattle is find a way to grind out a result when they're not at their best. And in all three of those cases, they didn't do it. Um, and I think they learned important lessons about, you know, transition moments, uh, set pieces, you know, playing against a team that's sitting deep in, in all, you know, maybe not necessarily against Seattle, but certainly against Portland and Nashville. And, and these are the types of teams they are going to face in the playoffs and they know that. Um, so I think that, you know, that's a, definitely a focus inside the locker room, but you, you can't stray too far away from, from what brought you. And I think that's the, the delicate balance that Austin FC is going to have to strike over these uh, next, you know, five, six weeks. Yeah, no, bad, no doubt about it. MLS can forget you very quickly in the playoff system setup, believe me. And, and the body of work here that Austin's done this year has is, is been pretty remarkable. But, you know, four or five weeks, six weeks ago, when everything's rolling, I said to myself, and I did say on this show, that it's really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fast forward thinking here about how you're going to enter the playoffs. Because over all my years of covering this league since its inception, the way you enter the playoffs is so important, you know. Um, you can have a subpar or an average season, but if you enter the playoffs in the right place, you can make a run and win an MLS cup. And it's happened many times. So that's going to be the big thing. But I, but I think you're striking of a balance and getting there. Uh, anything else you want to say before we let you go, Chris, I thank you very much as always for coming on. No, I think that Glenn, it's, it's always fun to talk. It's uh, you know, I think it's been a little, less fun, you know, with this team over the last, you know, four or five, you know, the last few weeks, other than the LAFC result. I just think that when you look at the big picture of, of this Austin F FC team, this Austin FC season, uh, you know, these next four weeks are going to, these next, yeah, these next four weeks are going to be the tell, but um, you hit on it just, just then it's, it's a remarkable season, no matter how you slice it, they're in a negative moment right now. I think they've got a chance to pull themselves out of it. And no matter what, Q2 Stadium is going to be rocking for, for you know, what should be the first play, home playoff game in club history. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's been really fun to have people like you along on the ride. It's been fun for me to be uh, oh, 100%. following this team and, and um, just seeing the growth of, of the sport, which is what, you know, I think you and I have definitely a passion for is just seeing you know new people become interested and, and that's certainly what's happening in austin over this year so hopefully you've got a few listeners hopefully, hopefully i got a few new subscribers and at the end of the day hopefully we got a bigger soccer community i think that's that's happening in, in in our state and and that's been really fun to see great way to end it we'll end it on that by the way uh real salt lake in nashville turn this thing around before the international break uh josh wolf is going to have to do some good uh Good managing now uh, to get these guys back on track at the right time. Um, and by the way, it's back home at Q2 Stadium against RSL. Chris, thank you as always for coming on the show. Always a pleasure, Glenn. Uh, yeah, be safe and hopefully we'll see you down the road. You too. That's Chris Bills and you will see me. Striker.com. We appreciate that. All right, that'll do it tonight for Soccer Matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas. DaspitLawAustin.com. 512-865-6710. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys, car, boat, motorcycle, any kind of accident you get in, you need representation. It's the Daspit Law Firm, daspitlawaustin.com. You'll get the podcast of this show at hornfm.com. By the way, get over to lamontbrands.com. We now have a, a Soccer Matters Austin version in green. It sh they should be available now. 
the Soccer Matters t-shirt from this show. Uh, all the proceeds go to the 501c charity, the Snowdrop Foundation for Pediatric Cancer Scholarships, Awareness, and Fundraising. Until next Monday night, I'm Glenn Davis. Thanks for tuning in.